TV8 My Dinner is an attempt at demonstrating intellectual civility while discussing popular entertainment. Brought to you by DarkCrazy.com DarkCrazy.com launched the last of its eighth-dimensional probes. Theorizing that the teachings of popular culture could save the world, Dr. Shang, but Gilberto stepped into the TV Ate My Dinner Accelerator and vanished. He awoke to find himself in a dimension not of sight but of sound, trapped in an imaginary non-space called the interwebs. His only guide on this journey was Greg, the gruff co-founder of the project, who appeared in the form of a voice Sean could only sometimes hear. While lost in non-space, they joined with other explorers who were adrift on the seas of fate, such as Hazel Lynn and the mighty Mandru. I am Bron, an artificial intelligence from the 8th dimension who has chosen to join their crusade, to combat the growing toxicity and negativity that threatened to corrode the very fabric of the internet. We've been running ever since, striving to point out what once went wrong, in movies and TV, on a never-ending struggle to subtly civilize the information age. In the continuing voyages of a make-believe space coaster that's inexplicably known as TV Ate My Dinner. My dinner. My name is Sean. I'm here with Andrew. It's been a long time. It's been a while. <laughs> During our normal, our normal hiatus now has extended to like between six and five nine months. months. <laughs> like well, it used to be like on, you around Lynn, two or three months, but now you and Lynn did an episode about we, the. We did, and and I didn't even. I don't know. It's, it's hard because I wanted to do more of the haunted house stuff, and and I want to get back to that because it was a lot. God, of it fun. was this summer one. It has been like six months, hasn't it? But, since we did this. Probably because that was the Halloween. Usually we do Halloween we did and we Star drop Wars off. Stuff. And we did the and we did we did the Halloween and we dropped off and now we're back. So that's fairly. It's gonna be normal. a big year for movies. We got to get back on it. It's gonna be a big year in general. We got Game of Thrones coming. Well, yeah, and in like three, two months now. And I kind of feel months. like the, the purpose of tonight's show because this show has become sort of unofficially like a superhero podcast because that's right. the show that's well, that's, that's what they're talking about too. <laughs> but but this seems like a perfect time because you know we had aquaman which i think bears some discussion and glass which i think really bears some discussion because aquaman yeah. was like the one that we, we really feel is fun to talk about like as far as the direction of mainstream superhero movies is going especially I, for DC and, yeah and in going into this we have not talked about this so I have no idea what you think about either of these two movies no like this is this and, is and these are very polarizing movies too I think really? both of them you think yeah maybe, I think maybe I think, Glass you think Aquaman I think cool? Aquaman well it just depends on how I don't think you and I will be polarizing with it but there's some people who are just like that's dumb or you know or people that just loved it well, I think see. you and I probably I think you and I just enjoyed it for its good purpose, or <laughs> what it's good for. Like, really, I, I kind of think, in in the sense of the broader discussion, I do think that Aquaman was the movie that we kind of needed, 
especially yeah. for DC. Like, like I, I think that Aquaman's important because I thought it was funny when BVS and all that came out, and, we, and, I, and I'm sure we've talked about it on the show, and everything was starting to get dire. We were like, yeah, but the best movie they've got coming up is Aquaman, and wouldn't that be hilarious if Aquaman saves the DC universe? Because right. that... That's actually the story. I mean, I don't want to sacrifice Superman and Batman to this, but if that's the story, then there's then I can get that. That's kind of fun for me, because Aquaman's always been the one that was the joke in terms of what, what, whether or not they could, that could be sustaining. And now Aquaman is basically like the number one DC movie of all time, right? Yeah, now. made more than Wonder Woman. Like it, it kind of worldwide. Yeah, now, and the, so the, the 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 domestic not so much so far. I don't think it'll top Wonder Woman domestically, right. but I'm I'm gonna pull up box office mojo because no, normally I don't do this, but with Aquaman in particular, I've just enjoyed actually watching the statistics come out of of like how far along because Aquaman's like as far as domestic it's like number six. Like it's still right. behind Suicide Squad domestically. It just it passed Man of Steel domestically, it, but it's still behind like Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises, Wonder Woman, BVS, and Suicide Squad. If it keeps going the way it's going, it may beat Suicide Squad and BVS domestically. Wonder Woman has like four four hundred twelve million domestic. I don't think about I don't think Aquaman is going to top that. Right. But the story is the worldwide now. Aquaman is the first one in recent memory to cross a billion dollars worldwide at all. It is definitely... Since Dark Knight, probably, I guess, right? Since Dark Knight Rises. Okay, yeah. That Dark Knight Rises, it's like number two, and it and it's swiftly moving up on Dark Knight Rises. Like, Dark Knight Rises is 1.084 billion. Aquaman is 1.074. So... Right. So yeah, Aquaman's almost there. Ten million dollars more, to, like worldwide. So it's got like one or two more weekends. It's probably gonna cross Dark Knight Rises and be the number one DC movie of all time. Not DC EU. It's already passed all the DC EU. But if when it passes Dark Knight Rises, it will be the number one DC movie of all it's crazy. time. So that's worth mentioning. Yeah, it's. To me, talking about the story is sort of like talking about Thor. It's like, yeah, we like the story. It's fine. Like, there's really not a lot to dissect there. I really enjoyed it. I actually think it has more of a mythic arc for the character than any of those other movies, and I really love that. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, the one analysis of the movie, though, you could say those that he, I, the one criticism from an arc standpoint, though, is that he doesn't actually change. <laughs> He's just him the entire movie, you know, which is part of its charm, well, you know. I, I think like as a heroic as a hero myth though, the change that the hero has to undergo is is the acceptance of that responsibility. True. Right. I guess and that's, that's true. the I mean, change that he goes through. He does through change in the story. Yeah. I, I think I think that's a uh, an awesome moment when he finds his mom and all this kind of stuff and and they're like, You've gotta be more than a king. He's like, What's more than a king? Like a hero, dummy. And that's like the the turning point of the whole movie because what makes him, what makes him work within the story is sort of Aquaman's charm outside the story where he's like, look, I'm not the one, I'm not saying I'm the one, I'm just saying that people need a hero right now, and I'm stepping up, and that's exactly what the story of Aquaman is outside of that movie too. It's like you may have wanted Batman, but this is what you get. Like, Batman and Superman, they screwed it up, and someone's going to step up and set it right, and Aquaman's the one that's left. Well, and that's the thing, too. Like, from a standpoint, like, is it the most perfect movie? No. Is it any of that stuff? No. But what it fundamentally does is what Wonder Woman did, too, in which BVS and all the Superman, what, now in retrospect, Man of Steel really failed it, right? Um, yeah. Well, but it's... BVS, too, is that it actually taps into what people think are thinking not only of the character but of the actor playing it like for example there's a scene in man of steel where he's in the bar and those guys are picking on him right and then he does some stupid thing with his their truck which is like why would he do that one they'd hear that too 
Well, that's but, the biggest problem with Man of Steel. It's like, we introduce the problem and solve it immediately, so what's the overall arching But, but it's story? also not interesting. It's just like, that's yeah, that's like a Superman 2 storyline where people are making, you know, it's just, that doesn't make yeah, any... I didn't like not, it in Superman 2 either. Yeah, like, don't it's like, it's... Don't beat up the guy like, in the diner. You're Superman. Be, yeah, it's be just a dumb man. thing. And this one, it presents that in the first 10 minutes where those guys in the bar come up to him. <laughs> And all they want is like selfies and stuff. I was like, that's yeah. awesome. And because then that's after, what like, you want to be saw... seconds, he's like into it. And like, that's what I like about this. Like, he's like, oh, go ahead and take a picture. And then, but yeah. as they progress, they show that he's kind of like the approachable guy. He's like the fun guy. Like, yeah, they don't, but yeah, they don't. There's no melodrama in the movie. Cause even you could say, like, Patrick Wilson, all this stuff, hamming up as that thing. He has like a real. He's like a real character. Like, there's not like a lot of me- like he has real concerns and stuff. None of his stuff is out. You know, is just doesn't seem false. It's the, his is the most serious storyline, but it seems like real. You're like, yeah, I, this all seems right. It's I don't know. Like, it's just. I mean, it's all fun and goofy, and it's presented in such a way that it's like, you know, some of the writing could be better and some of the stuff, but overall, it's well, like. Their problem, I, if I had any, and I don't have a, I don't have a, a, a serious criticism of Aquaman because I think Aquaman did everything that it was set up to do. The only thing that I, that I would say at all is, like DC's movies still seem to have a problem with humor in general. Like I can't say this movie's okay. Like it, it's fun and it was charming, but I can't say this movie had like laugh out loud moments. I don't know why it's, it's still, so easy. It's still, uh... I mean, it, obviously, it's him, so that's what the movie. It's still always a little broy, like even like. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, even the fun, but it's all this works because it's him. It's still like <laughs> redheads, but that's like a joke that Zack Snyder would have made too. That you know what I mean? Like it's a, it comes from that weird, you know, gym rat standpoint, which is fine. But Whereas it works the, because yeah. he's so they charming. They he's so lean charming, into <laughs> the Aquaman character at every turn, though. It's like we're gonna. Do but you love horses. him, though. We're gonna yeah. do that orange outfit. Like, remember in, in Justice League when he comes out in that weird armor, like, it looks kind of like Aquaman, right? It's like, no. In this movie, they're like, no, we're putting him in orange. This is happening. But it's the fundamental thing. The two, like, I mean, I guess one of the, the, the real, one of the big fundamental secrets of both Wonder Woman and this, and Wonder Woman, I think, might be a better film, you know, as far as, put, except for the third act, but like. Yeah, this movie, I think, has a much stronger third act. Yeah, th- this has, this is a very just solid adventure story, but the, the big thing they both have in common and that the other ones don't is that. You like the people. You like them both. Yeah, like they're like you don't. There's not a to. moment you don't like them, right? They don't like. You understand I mean, their motivations throughout. Yeah. That's what makes the difference. It's like with Batman and Superman. They in, in those movies for some reason, which those are supposed to be the characters that you would that be the most relatable. But you're like half the time going, what are they talking about? What are they doing? But like Wonder Woman and Aquaman, like both of these movies, you get. And what's weird is when I saw Wonder Woman, I said, "This is the DC Universe's Thor," and then I watched Aquaman. I was like, "No, this is the DC Universe's well, I mean, Thor." Like right. they they both have that sort of other world to fall back on, and it well, doesn't take away. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like going into like if we can keep talking about BVS or Eternity, I think. <laughs> but like Batman and Superman's characters, the reason they're so perennial and like is that they're very basic setups, right? Superman's a Boy Scout. Get it? Got it? Because that appeals to certain people and it appeals to a certain side of me, right? And mm-hmm. Batman's a guy with a grudge. It's a revenge story, always, right? And so you get that, too. It, 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 but he has, like, honor and code, and that's... Yeah, there are layers to the Batman. And with, with going into yeah. Wonder Woman and Aquaman movies, like, I don't know so much about their backstory, so you're like, I don't know, how is this an angle? I don't know what the angle is here. But both the times, you're like, oh, I get these characters totally. They're great. Oh, yeah, it's about that. Like, yeah. It's like, there's no even thinking about it. You're like, oh, cool. I mean, that, that this one may just feel, I mean, from what's his name? Clone Trooper. What they got actor's name is dead. But, and then Nicole, all that stuff is really heartfelt. I mean, despite all that looks like green screen and everything, it's just, it's yeah, so heartfelt. It's, it's really beautiful, though. Yeah. I love how much the underwater That's the emotional stuff climax really... of the movie is when she comes back. That's what you're waiting for. You're like, oh my God. Yeah, they frame back. the movie as a love yeah. story that, that actually it, works, which is actually more than you would see in the, in, in the comics. And so much of this is very, very true, not only to the original backstory of Aquaman but to the comic books in the last few years is part and you know what this lines. did not for BVS and Man of Steel necessarily but you know what this actually did so I took Alex my daughter she's eight now okay and she's seen all the Marvel movies she likes them all you know Iron Man's her favorite <laughs> she mm-hmm. likes she I mean character and all these things and she saw 
And we even saw Infinity War this year. This is from this year. She, she liked it. She got a little bored with it. You know, yeah, it's a I long movie. What else came out? She liked Black Panther, but it's okay. She's like, you know, she's fine. It's okay. Best picture nomination. Yeah, there, Black Panther, first superhero. Um, she loved, you didn't see it yet, the Into the Spider-Verse. She loved that, but that's expected because it's very colorful and very, it has Spider-Gwen and all these things. Well, you know, and Spider-Man is probably the most accessible to kids, like, yeah, I mean, she loved, yeah no. and she loves that. She loves Zendaya, too, the, you know, MJ in those movies, too. So she loves those movies. She's excited about the new one. I took her to this. She didn't want to see it, <laughs> okay? <laughs> I I didn't know if I wanted to. I, I was like, I'm going to see it because it's in the theater. You know, I want to see Aquaman. I like Jason Momoa. I was like, he has a YouTube channel now, too. It's great. He's such a nice dude. Like, I just watch it, and he's like, yeah, yeah. It's like the nice version of Entourage if you watch his YouTube channel because well, he's just so big-hearted he and stuff. Like has <laughs> that, that appeal, like – you know, a lot of people... Which is funny, because Entourage, that guy played him. Aquaman, remember? That was his yeah. big hit. <laughs> well, that's what makes this hilarious. And also, the, the big thing when, when they did it in Entourage was whether or not Aquaman could beat Spider-Man's opening weekend. Right, right, right. Which it, which it didn't, Yeah, but it did beat Spider-Man overall. Right. Well, well let me finish what I was saying, because then... So I was like, well, we're going to go see Aquaman. She's like, fine. And it's like two and a half hours, too, by the way. So I was like... Oh, this is gonna be rough because she just I mean hour and a half is that's why most kids movies an hour and a half because that's their mm-hmm. limit. She was engaged this entire movie. Well, they were she underwater. Yeah, this was the most beautiful sort of and and the way they did the underwater effects and they had Dolph Lundgren. There's like yeah, it's almost in some ways it's almost like they made this movie just for me. Yeah, it had all that stuff. It just it was constantly every ten minutes was like a new little sequence. Like, it was like, boom, another little sequence. Now we're going somewhere else. Now this is a new thing. I was like, oh, and cool. Not in some dreary street alley either. Everything was this sort of beautiful, amazing fantasy world that it all takes place in. But what it did, though, and a weird side effect of this, is because last year I saw Justice League. It came out. I never showed her Justice League. She hadn't <laughs> seen all the other ones either. But I was like, you don't care about Justice League. It's not good. You know, you're not going to care at all about it. <laughs> I just didn't think about it. She, she loved Wonder Woman, of course, but when Aquaman came out, she loved Aquaman so much. I was like, you know what? Let's watch Justice League. Let's see if she'll like yeah, it. See if you like and it. she loved it, but also me watching it with him, the connection now that he has an established thing, and then Wonder Woman, it made it better. It made it That's about why you do 200% the solo better. That's before the group picture. That's yeah. why you do it that way. Yeah, it made it it made it about two hundred percent better, actually, watching that movie. I was like, this is actually watchable now. Because now <laughs> because they, they have established things. Quote. You know, it's like, yeah, it's actually watchable now. But DC it, movies it totally are watchable is. now. It totally is, because Batman's kinda unoffensive in that, so it's not a big you know, it's not a huge thing. And Superman's fun in that. So everything's kind of fun in that movie and it it's it's really not that bad now compared to, I mean, yeah. I I totally it got try it. Watch Justice League after this. It got better. <laughs> Just because well, he has such a history now. Aside you know. from the mustache scenes, I didn't have a big problem with Justice League. I know, but it was just kind of nothing of a thing. Well, but now yeah, it exactly. actually it infuses a little bit. And now it's funny because we always said that DC is like where you go. And like it's kind of a – we always said like it's kind of a kind of a not unfortunate – but it's kind of a for their planning where it's like it's unfortunate that Wonder Woman did so well because they're not going to get rid of that now. They can't reboot everything, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then Aquaman's coming out, and then this did so well, and then that new Shazam thing came out, and that's tied in. It's like they actually have a fun little connected universe outside of Batman and Superman now. Yeah, everything like, but Batman and Superman work because Shazam yeah. looks like a lot of fun. It looks great. I was like, this is going to be fun if they actually... Can. And then James Gunn might be do, is doing Suicide Squad 2 now. You like, might actually be able holy to pull hell. that one out. Yeah. Yeah. And he, they said it might be kind of more of a reboot and not like a... So I was like, oh, great. That might, they actually might that's have salvaged fine. this thing completely. I have no idea. Yeah. And that's fine because you, like, if you watch old Marvel movies, you realize that the continuity of the Marvel cinematic universe isn't 100%. You know, they've been, right. of course, correcting. But it was well, little... X-Men. If you like X-Men movies, you can't yet yeah, get on the yeah, continuity the, the train. X-Men movies is a better example. Like, they've definitely done some severe course corrections on, on those movies, and they're fine. Because it's been, like, over 20 years. Who cares? Right. And DC can do the same thing. Warner's problem from the beginning has always been if they got off to a shaky start they were just like let's reboot the whole damn thing it's like god you've spent so much money don't go back to formula there's only a few things that need to be fixed here 
So right. this is good that they've got some successes, so they will just keep tinkering as they go. Like, you don't yeah. want them to reboot. I mean, at some point, they may reboot Batman and Superman. Oh, they will. They are do, working on the Batman movie, that Matt Reeves thing, so... Well, and they may have lost Henry Cavill, so they may be looking at a full reboot for Superman. Who knows? But it could work, or they could just be integrated with these two guys, and Shazam, too. You're like, okay, cool. That's the thing, man. Yeah, just just keep making movies. That's, I mean, that's I, really the secret of I anything. Mean, just keep doing the it. The biggest tragedy in all this, I think, is Henry Cavill, because I think he's a great Superman. But Yeah, if you lose him as an actor. It sucks. Because you don't even have to have continuity. I don't ever understand that. It's like, that was the Brandon Routh thing for me. It's like, if you don't like that movie, that's fine, but you don't have to recast. That guy is fine. Because even, like I said, when I showed her Justice League, she hadn't seen Man of Steel or BVS. And going into it, I was like, I guess she, I was like, all you gotta know is Superman died. He's dead. She's like, okay. And that's all. It just has. It just works that way. You're like, yeah, and they're cool. gonna say that in the movie, so it's not a yeah. big deal. So, I mean, but what I'm saying is you could pick up, they don't have to have these origin stories, though. We know these, like, just like the new Spider-Man, like Homecoming. It's like, Spider-Man, yeah, we get it. Exactly. You don't, that may have been their biggest problem with Man of Steel, even though I liked some of those establishing scenes. To me, oh, Jesus, Pi. Sorry. I don't know where. But I liked the first half. If you did change pacing, I, I may present it to you. I, I, I did a, I did a, I actually did a Man of Steel cut oh, over gosh. the, the holidays, and the first half works a lot better. But I wasn't pleased because the second half is still pretty much unwatchable. So it's like I don't know. Maybe I'll send you a, a copy of the just because we were looking at the pacing of the first half and what was wrong with it, yeah. and I think I was able to fix that, but. I had a two. I, I got it down to like a two-hour cut out of like you know a two and a half-hour movie, and I realized probably this movie would be more watchable if I could make it a one and a half-hour cut and cut out like half hour from the ending, like because the second half of the movie is all just Michael Bay shit, and it's unwatchable because it's just repetitive like glass right. breaking and stuff. Yeah, I saw somebody talk about that with. One of those, there's so many like these YouTube film essay things. Oh, on. I'll tell you what to watch. Which and one? And we have been nuts over Renegade Cut. Renegade Cut, that's what it's called? That guy is spot on. Like, not only, because not only does he do some really, you know, incisive and insightful analyses of these movies as far as how they were. Like, I think he speaks to our heart because he's talking about, like, the rules of pacing and storytelling and all this kind of stuff. But he'll also get into the sort of the, the philosophical like themes that they they it's a four with. hour DCEU film and culture analysis. That's cool. Oh, watch that. <laughs> oh yeah, that's pretty good. Now his individual analyses of the movies like is more informative in terms of the movies themselves. But that one he's he came up with just recently because because there was enough of that DCEU to sort of break in and see right. what is failing here and how they don't seem to know it and. Did you I watch, really um, like this guy. Titans? I, I think, yeah, yeah. I saw. I've I've seen all of the Titans. What did you think? It was it was fun. I actually I thought think, it was pretty good. <laughs> I actually think that Titans achieved what all those other movies tried to. I actually thought Titans is better than about half of those Netflix series. And Titans is fun because they tried to do that dark universe concept, which is so ridiculous. But they did it with characters that you well, don't have as much of an investment I in. Felt so like, it was fun to see it. It was. And like, I felt me. they gave it such a bad rap. Like I felt like the marketing didn't do it justice, and everybody's just given it crap since then, or whatever. But even like the big like F Batman scene or whatever, which is like everybody made fun of. And the and the, it's so stupid how they presented in the marketing because he's just like, "Where's Batman?" He's like, "Fuck Batman." But in the thing, he just says it after the fact. It's a real self-deprecating thing. He's like, "Oh fuck, Batman!" Well, <laughs> like, that's what people it's, don't. It's so hilarious. It's like so Batman. Yeah. Like, it's a it's a character piece. It's so funny. It's so great. It's, and I think the casting. It's like Watchmen just... because it's it's like two is cranked to eleven, but because they do it with sort of cheesy characters, it makes it really but, work. And I think the casting is so great in it, and like the Hawk the and Dove, and all those people are great. They're it's really like, good. I, it's so much fun to watch. I was impressed. I mean, I liked it better than 
<laughs> like most of Luke Cage and most of Jessica Jones. You know what I mean? Like it's. I, I, thought it was I wanted good. to write a piece about that because I'm like, this is the one thing that DC's done that has actually accomplished what all it's the DC gritty, movies have tried. But it, but it has a lot. Of, it, it has a lot of heart in it, and I thought that the heart was really, especially when they go the Doom Patrol and stuff. Like that was. It's yeah, crazy. And, the, and the grittiness is, is is kind of warranted because most of the people in the show, you know, either have no powers or they have limited powers. So you see, it does have a Watchmen kind of vibe because you're like, what are they trying to do to sort of continue in this world that literally does have superheroes? I just I just thought it was great. I'm excited it was for a, it. Was big fun. It was big yeah. fun. I was I was just impressed. It looks great. It looks like a movie. I I, I told everybody at work, like, you got to watch this because it's actually way better than. I'm watching Punisher and, now, and Punisher's good. He's great. He's yeah, I've the seen best. The first couple episodes. He's the best it. thing about it. all of it because he just is great. I love John Barenthal, and it's okay. I mean, it's fine. It's, it's, it's a different it's thing just, though because it's a drama. The, it's just like okay, this is whatever. It's fine. The Netflix shows are always playing with people who are either non-powered or or they're. Their powers now. Jessica Jones and Luke Cage are different because they actually have Superman level powers. But they make, but even weird. they make Robin like a badass though. Like when he finally is like, I'm putting on this and does. And when he actually he's the one that doesn't have powers, but when he helps them, he really does help them. Well, like Robin is in that team. What Batman is supposed to be right. in the Justice League, where he's like the one. Yeah, you're has absolutely right. Like he's kind of know-how. And he's antisocial though, and he has issues, and nobody. He's not really nice, and he's not really friendly. Like he, yeah, he plays that part yeah, totally. Perfectly. That was sort of like their unofficial redo on uh, on Justice League. It's like, oh, we screwed that up. Because you have Starfire is kind of like Wonder Woman, you know. Like you have. Oh, she's amazing. Yeah, too. she's great too. That actress the, is great, the, and the actress <laughs> and that character. I don't know how you can do much better. Yeah, it's just great. And then by the end of it, they're like, they don't even talk about it. They're like, we have a spaceship. And I'm like, what is going on here? This is also like. Yeah, this is escalating <laughs> fast. But it's all done really gritty and realistically. But it's like with the. It has. But you get to see like Hawk and Dove, like you said, like characters that you would never expect to see in anything. And they're and great. And they're excited. And, but it's, it's almost like it as. But it's taking storylines straight from like, you know, the CW universe, right? Like as goofy it's, as that. Well, it's the same. Greg Berlanti is one of the producers there. It's but it, but this is even better than those because it's treating they they really it's very cinematic, which those they aren't. They get to do stuff. Yeah, that you don't they have more see. money in it, and it's like it's. Speaking of Greg Berlanti, he did a show called You, which just which just came out on Netflix. Which apparently, I guess, I haven't seen that. I saw the, I've seen it like on a there, year ago seen. as a Lifetime TV show, and no one knew it. Oh, that's but weird. it just came out on Netflix. I was just like up one night and couldn't sleep and like watched the whole first season. It's it's kind of fun. It's like the, it's like a a CW version of Dexter. Oh really? Well, that's interesting. Yeah. Well, he's a, he, instead of a serial killer, he's a stalker. But it's that same kind of character perspective. Oh, okay. And it and it works the same way where you you kind of it, it you have fun following that character. Right. But I was surprised, and that's another Greg Berlanti. Sometimes you wonder, it's like. Why is this writing so sophisticated and the stuff on the CW shows is so plain? I was, like, I like those shows, but why Why can't you have sophisticated writing on The Flash? Yeah, I'm I was just, just asking. I'm super excited for all their other stuff. Doom Patrol and Swamp Thing and stuff now. Yeah, man. when are they coming out? Like, if you want know. people to subscribe, I bought the first year of this, so I still have it. I didn't buy it. Yeah, I bought like it. the first two or three months to watch Titans, and there's like, now there's nothing on here anymore. Nothing! <laughs> At all. And there's not they even a, all of the DC movies either. They have like Dark Knight, well, but they don't have the other ones. I was like, what? How? I don't. <laughs> they have all the the old stuff, which is yeah. fun. Like if you're into the nostalgic DC stuff, like they have a lot. They they have like Smallville. They have. But they don't uh, have the problem I had with it too, because I was, I was very excited about. While I had it, I was like, shit, because I had that Marvel app for a while with the comics, and they have everything. And I was like, cool, this is gonna be like DC comics. I can read the ones that the runs. They don't have it's like they have and a very limited really set. Some, yeah, and I think that's a dumb feature. That's not a feature that's worth paying money for. I if mean, you had all nice of them, it would be it'd be worth it. But, but not. you guys have to have more video content. They do have some stuff like Legends of the Superheroes, the old TV special is on there. I think like, that's a lot of Lois fun. Lois and Clark and stuff too, don't they? Like Lois and Clark is I've, fun. Uh, the Batman animated series. I, I would like to, to watch Superboy because I used to watch that show on TV. Yeah, Superboy's on there. Stuff like that, or the the very original uh, Wonder Woman. Yeah. But who's the the lady that was on there? Oh, I forgot now. Kathy something. No, it's, she's in Wonder Woman too. I can't forget now. 
Oh, I forgot. The very first pilot movie that, that was in, she didn't even look like Wonder Woman in it, but yeah. it, was a pretty decent, it was a pretty decent movie for 1974. But that's available. Stuff like that is really cool, but they you got to crank out a little bit more original content video-wise. So I think it. they have a couple original there, animated maybe. shows. Well, I expected that when Titans was I done, thought, maybe, I Doom Martin's... Patrol would start immediately. I, I thought they'd have all the, like, the CW stuff in there, too. Like, Eventually what? they probably yeah. will, but there's all, but I just I never imagined that their one original show would go off the air and then there would be nothing. Yeah, like, I just thought you were going to introduce Doom Patrol and then as soon as that was because like HBO does that like when this show is off then in that time slot we immediately start our. Next I mean it really show. They don't did, let a lag it, happen. Yeah, I mean it worked. Yeah, because I mean it really did like make me join because I was like I want to watch this and I kept watching it. And then but I, now, but it wasn't like, like oh, we got a Swamp Thing show I mean, coming, I, I but you'll probably have to renew to see it. It's yeah. like, man, I didn't even do that I, for Star Trek. Justify my investment. When that Star Trek came out last year. Whenever I, I joined that thing for a month, and I was like, oh, watch it. And I watched first couple. I was like, yeah, this is okay. <laughs> well, they got so many new shows coming out, and they have the one with Picard. And the second season of Discovery started, and we I saw didn't the first episode. The first one yet. I need to finish the first. One. Well, you need to. the The second season started pretty strong. It's got really young, sexy Spock episode. in it. This time, <laughs> I haven't seen him. He hasn't been in it yet. But you know, they got that the Captain Pike with oh, Anson really? Mount. He's pretty cool. I like Anson Mount. He was on the what's the show? He's a great. Man he was on the oh the yeah with that show. train show. Yeah, yeah, Hell on Wheels. Yeah, I like that show. And then he was on, unfortunately for him, he was on Humans, and that didn't go very well for him. But now yeah. he's got this, and he's great. Anson in this Mount role. just sounds like a cowboy. It sounds like a Red Dead Redemption character. And he looks Anson like it. Like, he's a perfect guy to play like the old-fashioned Star Trek. I remember they did man. that when that Helen like Wheels show. They, that's the first name that comes up in the credits. Like that is character name, or is that his? Like, like no, is that the name of the show? Anson or Mount. Is, is that where the show is based? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, uh, that'd be off. Cliff Ravine. Speaking of um, the Punisher, real quick. I mean, I've watched probably eight episodes, but that first episode is probably the best so far. <laughs> Just because oh, I thought, well, because they have that great and he just like falls in love with the lady, and they have the fight scenes in the bar, and it's, and then I was like, this is like a cool, like Incredible Hulk kind of thing. He's just wandering from town to town, and like, but then after that yeah. first one, they immediately go back to New York, and it's the same shit as last. I was like, oh. Okay, never mind. I thought that was <laughs> cool to see him just on the road. You know what I mean? Like, small town Punisher. I think that would be great. But they didn't do that. <laughs> I haven't got the... I've only seen the first two episodes, so I've just seen the beginning of it. I watched the first two episodes of the, the new True Detective. That one's I haven't watched it yet. to be pretty nice. I, 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 I need to watch it this weekend. I was going to save it until I have like three, which is are now, so... You can see the effort, because everyone's been saying the effort is to sort of get back to the original, the first season, and you can see, like, the story mechanics. Even structurally, it looks just like it's it's an abduction of kids, and it's like three time periods. It's like, yeah, okay, we get it. It's not not subtle. Let's just get back to the formula that works. Season two was a fun deviation because they tried something different, which it was good. But everyone was like, but we, the first one, you're never going to have anything like the first one because they didn't know what they had in the first one either. Like, people were, like, going crazy. They yeah, the second season, I didn't think the second season was. was bad. It was just, second season was like just, a normal, typical HBO series. It was just like, it's okay. It's, yeah. it's, the first the was like, just such a phenomenon. Like, it was so crazy. Well, really the good. only structural problem that I had, I liked the story of the second season just fine, and everyone in it was great. The only problem I had with it structurally was in the first episode of season one, because I remember like writing to you and saying, watch True Detective. Yeah, we there's something about special it. about the show. And it's because that first episode, there's so much mystery as to you as to what's going on and there's so much the way they do the reveals is so subtle and right. interesting and it's just very engaging. In the first episode of season two, it's like everybody's telling you immediately what everybody's deal is. Yeah, it's just very and it's like the opposite. Yeah. And, you know, you can see in season three, they are trying to get I watched, like, the first to... ten minutes of the episode. I was like, I'm too, I'm, like, distracted right now. I need to actually watch this. <laughs> I was like. Can't... And they have great actors. Yeah, I love Hershel Lee. Every like, season so guy. far. you got to love the, the producers of the show because they really are able to pull these amazing actors. Like, because Stephen Dorff, who I've always really liked, is in this season. 
And he's one of those actors that seems like tragically has never been able to be in stuff that I thought was good enough. Like for you. And Colin Farrell had that same issue. It's like, oh, finally, because I really like you. And, and even Taylor Kitsch was in last Vince season. Vince Vaughn and I, have and fun, you know, kid. like Vince Vaughn be his yeah, and mobster guy. He got to, like, flex his muscles as a dramatic and, actor yeah, and, and work. And McAdams, yeah, like, all those like, people. Yeah, the, that season two had, like, the best cast. I mean, I love McConaughey and him Harrelson, but across the board, the season two had a really great cast. They're great cast. And if you watch that, if you watch the whole story, the story is fine. It just gets off to a clumsier start than season one did. Yeah, it has weird but, spots and goes, but it's like, yeah, that's fine. And what people really liked about season one that they also seemed to be trying to replicate in season three was it had this sort of southern gothic mystery to it. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, to me, I don't care if, if the second deviates if you're trying something different, even if it doesn't work as well as the first one, because you're trying, you know, you're experimenting. Right. But But that one's pretty good so far. I think that's going to be... A good show, and of course, you know, leading to the Game of Thrones. Yeah, well, of course, Game of Thrones. I don't. It's going to be fun. I'm so excited. It's basically crashing season three started. I'm going to be excited about crashing. Yeah, that started last. Time. I watched the first episode. I haven't watched. I love it crashing, yet, but I so love. Much. I love that show, I love and Holmes. I love Pete Holmes, and he's so funny. But that one's good. It gets off to a good start too. I gotta watch that. It's a good, it's a perfect crashing scenario where he goes off to. I remember it ended with him going to getting those college gigs, and he just finds a kid at a college who opens for him. He's like, "This kid, I'm gonna be like a mentor to this kid," and he brings him back to the city for a night. And that guy just everybody loves that kid and not him. Of course, <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's yeah, like, he's a big nerd. Yeah, yeah. it's awesome. It's really good. It's, There's something very heartwarming <laughs> about that show. Yeah. So. And he's really funny. I got excited because I watched that show, and then I went back and watched the Bat Guy stuff from was it Funny or Die yeah. that did that, and I didn't realize before it that Pete it Holmes, was yeah. Pete Holmes that did the Bat Guy. <laughs> like, Where are the drugs going? <laughs> he's That's like so he, he, the one of the penguin was Pat Oswalt, and he's just <laughs> he's just throwing bat batarangs through his necks. He's like, "You're killing people." He's like, "They're sleeping. That's what they do." And he just shoots everybody. He's like, that's what they do. A lot of times they beat the crap out of people. The two best jokes are, to me, that episode and then the one, the, the, the quintessential one where he's trying all of the voices. It's like, hey, mister. He's like, oh, no, not that one. And after a while, he's like, I can't talk anymore. Like, Wait, what was that voice? Do that one yeah, again. He's like, good. hey, welcome. Here's my only one. It's like, I like that I- one. <laughs> I tried this way for Alf. Well, I tried this voice for people, and they thought it was great. Yeah. Pray to me. That's, <laughs> <laughs> That's just funny. Yeah, Pete Holmes is funny. Uh, Gotham started back. I still again. never watched any of Gotham. Yeah, I should watch uh, that. Like you, you should binge Gotham because I think you'll be in for a treat. Everyone got turned off of Gotham because it was like a the number one name droppingest like prequel type show in the first episode but once they establish themselves that all they need in gotham is batman and that's what we would need for a movie right but gotham has the same problem like a smallville except it's even weirder because they're not allowed to use batman so by the time they're ready for like batman to become part of the story they just have to end well, yeah, Gotham. I I never watched any of Smallville too, and I I mean I was probably like seventeen at the time that was on. I mean, it was probably for girls that age, right? But I'd have watched it because I watched it. But I just felt like that would just be the. I remember seeing the concept and even watching. Maybe I watched a few episodes. I was like, this is the worst tease in the world. I gotta watch five years of this to never be Superman. It's like oh. ten years. Like whatever. I was like, that's the well, worst. I think. No. Th- <laughs> Smallville Girl on you too. If you start watching like on maybe season four, is that on the DC app? Smallville might be. Yeah, I think it is. And because from season four, they just started like doing like Gotham does, where they're just like, we'll just start shamelessly dropping other characters right. in here. And even though he can't be Superman, we'll just have Justice League type characters. I saw that. Because they had an Aquaman episode. Ooh, that's something that's cool that they, that's on DCU is they actually did put the original Aquaman pilot when they were trying to make an Aquaman TV show. Oh, really? And that's a fun one. That, that was fun. Who plays Aquaman? 
Um, well, you don't watch Smallville, but in Smallville, the guy who plays Green Arrow actually started out playing Aquaman in the pilot, uh, okay. which awkwardly is not the guy who played Aquaman when he did an appearance on Smallville. <laughs> so that when they called him back to do like a, a second appearance, you know, that had to be an awkward phone call. Yeah. They're like, oh, I'm sorry, your pilot with Mr. Oliver Queen guy didn't work out. Now you want me? To... Yeah. Do you want the job or not? Yeah. Which is which is, I actually think that guy plays Hawk in Titans. Oh, really? I gotta look that up. But I think that's the same actor that ends up playing Hawk in the Titans show. Yeah. Which would make sense, because it's Greg Berlanti, too. Yeah. Yeah. They're they're all about something. What's the next one? Shazam, Shazam comes out, like, in a month and a half. Yeah, it comes out, like, in April 4th April, or something, yeah. right? Yeah, so not very I'm long super at all. I think that looked great. It's amazing that Shazam and Captain Marvel, completely unrelated, have movies coming out so close to each other because, you know, originally they were both called Captain Marvel. Now, DC made this smart choice. They're like, we're just going to rebrand the character as Shazam, which is what everybody does. Do they do that legally or like, or no? Just. I think they just did it for convenience. So he was called Captain Marvel, but he said Shazam. Yeah, and forever, like, remember Shazam? Like, actually, his name is Captain Marvel. Well, you know, guys, a better name constantly correcting yeah. everybody. Yeah. yeah, call him Shazam. Like, let's go with the brand. Captain Marvel's a dumb name for this guy. So, so yeah, they're just like he's Shazam now. Yeah, that looks really fun. I like when they're at the end of that. It's only like a minute trailer with a little bit of new footage, but it's like <laughs> they show in the real estate office. He's like, "Do you have like a layer, like anything looking overlooking like waves and cliffs or something? That'd be great." And like. <laughs> We want that. <laughs> you don't have any money. <laughs> well, and I I love Zachary Levi, so I think this is a fun role for him. That's too. that kid from It. I didn't realize. Remember the kid like the shorts? Where's the shorts? And was talking a bunch, like the one that's really talkative in It. That's the same. Oh, really? Place as, you know, stepbrother, foster brother. Oh, I hadn't noticed that. Well, there he you go. He was tinier in that movie. Those kids are all getting work. That. The kid who played the little brother who got killed, he's in that movie Prodigy. Yeah. Because he's just a creepy-looking kid. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure he'll grow out of it, but he's creepy-looking. I don't know. Haley Joel never grew out of it. They're cashing in. (laughs) Well, he doesn't look creepy anymore. He just looks like a normal dude that you wouldn't put in a movie now. He just looks like a weirder adult. Uh, well, I tell you, we we just watched The Sixth Sense again because because we're on a Shyamalan kick. Segway. We were. Yeah, yeah, you brought it up. You brought up Osmond, and so now we're gonna end up. We're gonna talk some glass. With Mister Glass. So what, let, let's preface this. Let's talk about the, the history of this because everybody we saw the Sixth Sense. I've always been a Midnight Shyamalan fan. I love Sixth Sense, and I'm breakable. I like, you know that well, you should at least be a little familiar with my history with Shyamalan. I love Shyamalan until the Village. And then that ended. Well, I like... What, what don't stuck? you like about The Village? I don't like everything about The Village. See, I... I like, have we not covered this? I don't know. Are you and I going to have a problem? I, have, we, have we covered this? Because maybe I haven't, because I have... The Village I have a perfect is, way to fix The Village. Like, I can, I I can would, make you an edit of The Village, and it would take one cut. And that's it. Yeah, but you'd have to take out all this, the cheat shit that they did. Because here's the the sixth sense. Like this is why. Well, the sixth we sense the cheats sixth too, sense. though. That's that's the problem too. I don't agree with that at all. All right, well, like, tell me. I, I'll hear your I'll oh, yeah. hear your okay. thoughts on that because maybe I'm maybe I'm biased and I'm not missing it. I know, the the sense. Sense. I know one cheat in the sixth sense. I know one cheat. And and okay okay so we'll cover that. That will cover that because I'm I'm willing to hear any, any opinion. But having rewatched it again, like we renewed our thought that like this movie, you know, they lay everything out there, and you don't see it because of the way that they play to your biases. Right. Like they don't tell you what to think or what to see, but they line up the scenes so that you make assumptions, and those assumptions prevent you from seeing the 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 whole twist of the movie. But if you didn't have those assumptions, they were taking the risk that you would see this shit straight up. Correct. And you don't because they lay it out there fair and just. Village does not lay information. Well, let's out start. Fair let's start with Six Sense first. The only one okay, that I see, the the only two remember, like what? Let's. What are some of the the tells in Six Sense that you should like? Where he 
He arrives late for dinner. She doesn't talk to him. He tries to grab the check, and she walks away. Yeah. I, every time he tries to open the door, the door won't open. Yeah, and I get because that. Because he keeps thinking it'll open, but we don't The only one that I, I feel it's a little bit of a cheat. Now, you can argue that he's in some kind of ghost dream state, and he like just feels like he's been here talking. The only cheat in that movie, though, is when the, when Hale Joel comes home, and Billy and Billy Joel, Bruce Willis. I almost said Billy Joel. Yeah, Bruce. Uh, Haley Joel is because Bruce Willis is sitting across from his mother, like as if they have been talking. I don't see that as a cheat at all. It's a little. It's why. a little close, though. I think it's a little but, close to a cheat. That, but he doesn't say anything to indicate that he believes he's been talking to the mother. Like we assume that because he's sitting. I mean, there. yeah, I get. I get it. If you just say he's in a crazy state of mind, I get that. It's just well, we have to. You got to admit that, that as a ghost, to, he's shifting channels pretty. I get pretty, it. No, I totally get it. And I'm not saying it's horrible. I'm just saying you got to admit that's the pretty close to the line, though, as far and as like saying, "Hey." Megan pointed out when we that in that particular scene when we watched it, if you watch the kids' reactions to him, they're so authentic because he looks surprised, time, but he would be surprised if you said it's just like, well, he also Peter Parker comes home. He's talking like, to Tony Stark. Aunt May's talking to Tony Stark. It's the same way. Whoa, what's going on here? You know, he does a lot of nonverbal cues right. and visual cues because if you, and even when he answers very, it's very low voice because from his perspective, he doesn't want his mom to hear because he knows he's talking to a goat. Right. Everything he says is valid and authentic for that. Right. All of his reactions are authentic. Like when he says, you know, you know, I think you're nice, but you can't help me. Right. It's like it's much more ominous because I think you're nice means I've decided that as a ghost, you're not going to try to hurt me. Right. And when he says, I don't think you can help me, it's because you're a ghost and you don't know. No, I get it. It's a, it's a masterpiece. Like, it, it really so is a masterpiece. I'm not saying it's that's one of the one things I do like to point out. That's a weird scene because that's the you know, I think it, that's that's the biggest one yeah. where he got big. And I think that's still his best movie. Like Unbreakable is my favorite of his movies. And I'm actually actually like Signs too. Some of it. Oh, I like Signs. Signs to me because Aliens are my thing. I'm not scared of ghosts. Aliens the thing I was always terrified. And that does. I mean, as cheesy as some of the ending, but this is the thing. I actually think it works. All the parts work. It's just so ham fisted. You know, it's like yeah. Okay, okay. But that's sort of Shyamalan's yeah. deal. He just wears his heart on his sleeve that a lot. That's And that's what that's actually great talk when we go into Glass, because that's what I heard a lot about Glass and about him, is that he wears his heart on his sleeve, and I agree. And it's, it can be kind of, it's very earnest. It can be very, it can be a little cheesy, but yeah. in Signs, it all, it, it comes I, together, and it makes sense, and it also pays off, and it comes like, yeah. It's all very structured. Yeah, yeah there's a lot of setup. There's a lot of, like, machinery, like the mom being done between the car and the swing away and the water you're like yeah but it works it's it, 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 yeah and it's all stuff works. too that you could say that's a sign but you could also say it's just a thing that they interpreted that way it's like it's not heavy-handed in the sense that and it's just got some know, great sequences her saying that yeah and, and and it's just a great character story he's just got some great oh. moments in that whole thing that just that one i mean this that one I mean the the scene from the the couple scenes from Sixth Sense the one where he walks out and the kid has a blown out head but the kid where he gets locked into the, the closet man that's a great scene oh. god that's a, such well, a great scene and then what makes that great is it's more terrifying on a second watch yeah. because now you know what's happening right it's just god it's so terrifying and then um, just that dang I mean there's so many ones there's two great the, the ones I always remember from Sixth Sense I mean from Signs are just master filmmaking things is when they get down to the basement at that time and they realize the dog's outside, right? And the camera mm-hmm. just zooms in on the wall. There's nothing magic about the wall. It zooms in onto the wall to the point where it's just blurry, right? But all you're doing is hearing that dog. And, you're, and you know, it's like, oh, Jesus. Like, but it's just such as like, it's how you would look in that situation where you're just staring at nothing, you know? It's so great. And then of course that, that birthday footage where the alien walks just across the gate. It's such out there and it's there, but it's so the first time, at least you well, see it, it's their horrifying. reactions are so, it's just, are so earnest to that. Like Joaquin is so great in that movie. Cause when you see his reaction to it, that's like, yeah, like in that situation, the, everyone is believing what they're they seeing. They get the one that's locked in the clock. Like there's just so many great thriller sequence of that movie. I really like, I need to watch that movie again. I like that movie a lot. Yeah. That's a good movie. 
The village. Now. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about the village real quick. The village. <laughs> I think the village. Like, Well, tell me what you mm-hmm. don't like about the village. Because I think the village is a pretty good drama movie up to a certain point. The village. Well, when you say you could edit it to make it a better movie, you would have to take out the ending. Yeah. That's what I do. Because. So, because that is the setup that makes the movie so not this work. Is, is he's so bent on having. Well, a this is what I I told you this before. We I've probably told you this on a podcast. We're just so old we forget about it. So, oh, so this is what happens. I think it's. A, I think the idea that we're talking about the village I, for the first yeah, time. I think the setup is really creepy. This like that time period. I think the sketchy looking things. The idea of them is kind of creepy. Yeah, it's just all creepy. And I think the whole movie beyond that, the first, you know, the hour and a half of it is like a weird drama and stuff. And then I actually think when you find out they're fake for the first time, it's an interesting twist. Now, because mm. I, there, I, I don't think you can make that twist work for a couple of reasons. Well, I think it works because of after, but you go ahead first. Well, first of all, all of the reasons that the twist doesn't work is because of how hard they try to sell it to the audience. Because... They did the thing in Sixth Sense where they put everything out there. Right. And he knew people would be looking for right. it, so he tried to amp up his game. So now some kind of creature comes at them, and you see that in the movie. So at some point they have to come in and say, and then we got these rubber monster suits to convince you this is the 18th century. It's like, wait a well, minute. Well, don't, 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 don't take it out of context. What? Don't say convince is the 18th century. Just convince that there's monsters. Well, but that's part of the problem, though. It's well, like, why are we pretending it's the 1800s well, don't, I'm, I'm to people the... who've never fucking heard of what century anything is? Well, These are kids that were born Well, let's, here. let's pretend, out of context, pretend it is the 18th century. That's what I'm doing. Okay, okay well, just let's take it on the rubber monster yeah, suits alone. just take it on that. It doesn't work on that level alone, because if you're trying to convince the kids there's monsters in the woods, you're basing this on like a sort of primal fear. And that's what they're giving the audience. You know, kids are standing by the edge of the woods and from the POV of the kids that are sort of daring each other to stand by the woods, they hear creatures in the woods. Right. That means like the audio choices of the film tell the audience that something in the woods is making those noises. Okay, I don't so, know about that, but I'm... This isn't earning the the twist because you're providing evidence of something that actually didn't happen, and that convinced us that the monsters were real. That's part of it. The second part is, if you're trying to convince people there's monsters in the woods, probably the one thing you won't do is actually make monster suits Okay. Well, and run around in the woods with them. That's granted. I'm not saying it's as good as a movie as Signs or Six Sense. What I'm saying is... I think you could salvage that movie because I, I, just watching it on the first time, you're experiencing it, and you go, okay, cool, cool, cool. And I think the level of drama in John Hurt and Bryce Dallas Howard, that's the first time you ever saw her, she's like, this is pretty good. This is like, she's great. They're all great. And she's great. Adrian Brody's yeah. in it is good. But, but I think there's all, there's not, there's a lot of drama. There's a lot of motivation. They find out they're fake. Okay, cool. But uh, stuff happens. She has to go get the medicine, right? But the, before that, they hint, because what John Hurt tells them is that in classic Blair Witch style, which I like, and I wish they, they could have played up this more, they play up the fact that they, they based it on something real, though. These stories that they heard when they first got there or something. Right? Is that not what happens? Sure. Well, that's what they're acting yeah, like. They, they, well, they say that, yeah, we made this up, but it's based on something real. That's the impression I got. I've probably only seen this movie twice, but it was probably 10 years ago when I saw this. I don't know. There's like that scene at the end well, where Shyamalan plays the park. Well, no, no, no. no not, he's explaining why plays no, not, planes don't not fly that. I don't like park. any of that. This is the So if you just have an 18th century thing, these are creepy. We get out that they're creepy. There's just a lot of drama. Really, it's basically a thriller drama movie. We find out they're fake, blah, blah, blah. And in the drama, she has to go to the medicine, which is kind of a horrifying because she's blind. You're like, okay, that's crazy. And then it's a dumb moment because Adrian Brody goes, huh? And he looks up at the costume and looks up and you're like, he has no motivation. He's just this kind of simple Jack kind of guy. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Cut him out of the movie. I don't care. Well, there's no, but the motive, the whole drama of the movie is only based on the restrictions that those characters placed on it. So if there's no monster and we're not in the 18th century or some bullshit, then the idea that a crazy guy stabbed Joaquin or whatever, isn't that what happened? God, it's 
been so long. Maybe, but maybe the only thing that adds drama and urgency to the fact that is the fact that we think we're surrounded by monsters and don't have medicine. Right, right, and so all of those, no, all that's just, those factors are fake. Well, so the drama. But I don't think what I'm saying is they said it's fake, but they said it's actually might be real though. That's what the the feeling I got going out of that. They said this still could happen because they play up in that fact that Adrian Brody puts it on. You don't see him put it on. But they have a great shot, and she gets out in the woods, and they have a panning shot where it reveals the thing right behind her, right? And that's what you're supposed to think. You're supposed to go, holy crap. Holy crap. Which might have been No, no, no. But you're supposed to go, holy crap. But what they do is instantly he falls down. She doesn't do anything. (laughs) He falls down of his own accord into the pit. You just realize it's him. It's not. There's another twist. Who cares? And then they go out, and it's a horrible park stranger scene. But I've always said it doesn't make it a great movie, but I think it salvages the movie as a weird Twilight Zone type thing. Is right at that moment where it pans, cut to black. Because then you go, "Oh crap! Those things are actually real, right?" Because you're like, "I just I think, think I think that's amazing." You do the you do the 18th century thing, or you do the monster thing. You can't do both, and either one you pick, you got to play straightforward. Like true, I, 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 I get it. I'm just saying, mine's more making. I think I would have accepted the twist that they were pretending it was an earlier time if they hadn't pulled that monster bullshit. Well, I'm just but well, now well, you're just piling crap. Well, I'm on saying crap. it's it is the 18th century. They're just doing the monster thing, and at the end, it actually realized you see a real monster. And like oh, yeah, that that's what I'm might saying. Might have been better. The, yeah. yeah, they just make it but, horrible. He just drives it into the ground by the time he's the park ranger and stuff. Like, good lord, you're taking every bit of enjoyment. Out. And oh, it's so and, horrible. And, and it's like you're fucking with us on purpose because it's actually shot. And at the time, it was really bad too because it was did. his first movie. Because he had the kind of the lost thing going on right at that point, where you're like, well, whatever it is, it's supernatural. Right, like Lost is like, well, this is a real island, so what's going on here? You know, that's that was the promise of Lost. This is like, oh crap! Well, whatever it is, it's gonna be something cool. It's Shyamalan, yeah, it's gonna be so something really monsters from the yeah. Ghost. Because Sixth Sense was the thing where he sees ghosts, but it's even more supernatural, right? And like Signs is even yeah. more crazy. And like you're like, this is cool. That's the only one that's like you just made it so mundane and boring, and you just keep hammering. You take up well because the only cool things you were trying to outdo. Well, the only cool things about the movie are what that it has a cool setting. It's back in the 1800s, right? That's a cool setting, and there's cool monsters. And he just totally debunked both of them. You're like, okay, why did I watch that? Then this is dumb. Yeah, what yeah. a waste of my yeah. time. You were just trying to fool me into thinking the movie was... Oh, what I'm saying is, what I, was I don't watching? think you could fix the movie, but as far as an editing exercise, you could probably edit that into like a nice 45-minute like weird Twilight Zone I episode. I think you're, you're right. If you just edit it out... Take like, out the part where they're fake. Take out the part leave, where they're fake and just say... We're, yeah, you can leave the monster angling. Because let's say I buy into everything you're right. saying. Like, that's a big leap because I don't. But let's just say that I have bought into this idea that... A group of people decided to shun society by moving to the woods, pretending it's the 1800s. But you don't know that yet, then though. telling everyone there's monsters. You still don't know that, though. Let's say, but I'm just yeah. saying, let's, let's say I believe all of that. The part that jumps the shark for me is the idea that they went to, like, a professional special effects True. makeup engineer and had monster suits So you built, could probably like, sort of rubber I prosthetics. I haven't seen that, that would, movie fool a movie audience. I haven't seen that movie in a while so you could probably edit all that out you could probably edit out where they find out that it's fake and then yeah. just have the after that have the drama after that where she has to go get in medicine better. and then once they reveal the monster behind her you just cut the black and you're like holy crap that's a great Twilight Zone episode I'd be willing to say <laughs> that you could cut out less than 10 minutes to the movie to achieve that yeah. goal and it would I guess yeah fine. you just cut out the last 5 minutes and you cut out the 10 minutes where they reveal that it's fake that's it yeah, and then the rest of the movie. So is I think solid. it's a good drama. Besides that, what a what a waste. But like I said, the drama doesn't matter because if if we believe the premise you're selling, right. then the drama is. Yeah, invalidated. that's what I'm saying. He just totally. This is the first time where he gets into. I don't, him and Nolan are entering a new category for me. It's like this inhumane. <laughs> it's not like, it's like look at this. Look at the design of this movie on paper. Isn't this amazing? It's like that's not what human beings enjoy watching, though. I, I get what yeah. you're doing. You're, you you have An to execution. The, the limited partnership that you have with the audience. It's like you're going through a lot of... Cause, and the whole Nolan thing with, with how much you like magicians, it's like, yeah, but your job is not to fool the audience. Like, that sometimes is part of your job, but mostly that is not your job. Like, 
your job is to sell the audience. You know, they got to buy into this story, but but you're not adversarial to them. Your job is not to try to subvert what they automatically think going in. What you want from an audience is for them to go in expecting what you're about to provide. Well, and that's the kind of problem with <laughs> the prestige. Is I like a lot of the prestige. It's so great. But it's the first hint of Nolan being, it's like, okay. Like, that's his, like, he, he did something different in that when he went full-on supernatural to explain away, Deus Ex Machina to explain away the plot of that movie. You're like, what? Like, okay. I, I don't. Which started to make it weird because then you're like, it's really like we were talking about the fly, like, from a philosophical point of view, and and there's a really good renegade cut on the on the fly, but because he's you know talking about like individuality and identity and what what is really what that movie talks about. But but what the fly really bothers me about is you're telling me that you built a functional transporter <laughs> that can 100% transport inorganic things without a problem. Like so. The, per, the, the part of the premise that breaks down for me is that you didn't immediately try to sell it's that. Part of, it's part of them. You were trying to figure out how to send living things. So like, that's not even remotely, like, I mean, that would be nice. That, that'd be good if you could do that's that. That's always But if the you thing. could transport no. goods. That's like part of the Peter Parker spiderweb stuff. It's like, you could just be a billionaire selling this stuff. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's exactly what. Shut up, yeah. Sean. <laughs> Because that's the premise of the movie is to look at the philosophy of all that, not like fucking get past the whole thing. Yeah, any anybody, if Batman can do the things he could do, then he shouldn't be dressing up like a bat and hitting. Yeah, but people. that's bad. He but you're true though. But but play. that's always and into the point of like even it says it in Dark Knight Rises. That's why that movie's so dumb. Was because they bring up that point. Even they and he's know. like, "What yeah. are you doing? Just help the police, for Christ's sake!" It's like, and he's yeah, you got all these inventions and and, 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 and funny enough, the the premise of the movie is him not doing anything Alfred told him to do except go to that damn cafe. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, yeah, "Well, I'm just gonna yeah, go punch you. him some more. How about that? Is that good? Cool. Mm-hmm. I'll hit him even harder." Yeah. So anyway, so well, what, what's the like, on? Lady in the Water. I need to watch that movie again. I don't Which, remember that movie. At Lady all. in the Water is a really it's good a very movie. interesting only, movie, and it doesn't do a bunch of twisty shit either. It's pretty straightforward. The only thing that, again, like some of the, if you had if you had to make a supercut, you'd have to go into all these scenes where he just has a guy who's a movie critic, who's just a jerk off for no oh. reason, and then gets eaten by a monster. They all get into that like, stuff. Huh, Most what, of his stuff is what like a is metaphor. that metaphorical well, for in you your real glass, life? Glasses I'm not of metaphor sure, for criticism too. I think too, if you think about. It. Yeah, but it's but it's a right. metaphor. I don't mind but the, metaphors. The actual critic getting eaten by. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's egregious. And that's what that's Jesus. That's petty. And then yeah, I've always been an In Night Shyamalan fan. I always said that like I'll go see any movie, and even Nolan now because it's like whatever it is, it's gonna be interesting. It's like yeah, Shyamalan had a, he had a he did Avatar. A, a phase it, happening was, is the first one he where he did the last well, Happening was first. After Happening Earth. was first. We all saw that together. I saw that with Brooks. The happening, happening they liked it, and I was just like, oh, this is the first one that I think is total no. garbage. This is the whole movie. The happening because you know what the problem with the happening was. He always has amazing premises. He's a, he, and I'm almost convinced even now after Glass, and I, we don't still don't know what you think about Glass. I almost think he's almost he's in the George Lucas territory, even Nolan territory. Like, what a great premise! Like, what a great idea! Yeah, he's great ideas. But the problem with happening is that this is fun that we haven't talked about Glass yet. This may be the best lead up to Glass. Well, yeah. Well, real quick about happening was the reason happening. I was like, he's out of it because the happening was the first one. I was like, this premise isn't even good anymore. Like, it's It's garbage. This whole thing is just an excuse to show people run each other. The trees are mad at us. I was like, this is. Yeah, and Mark Wahlberg is just not great. Yeah, he usually casts great in that. I don't have a problem with Wahlberg, but don't talk in that voice the entire movie. He's like, what do you mean? I'm talking in this voice the entire movie. What I think is hilarious about that is uh, watching The Sixth Sense again, like the opening scene with Donnie Wahlberg is like, that. that's well, Donnie Wahlberg's part. Like, the yeah, height of Jesus. his acting career. Like, he, I didn't even know it was him right. when I saw the movie. He's he like, lost like 80 pounds of that thing, and he's like just... And he's amazing in it. I mean, he's a pretty good actor normally, like outside, like you see but him in other stuff. He's done a lot of part. TV and movies, but but he's great yeah. there. 
So it is even well, funnier. It's, it's like, what, you couldn't call Donnie for that tree movie? Well, that's the problem with all the Shaman stuff, because after it's like, after Robot Chicken doomed him, it was like, what a twist. Because then the then twist. you see him like, well, what about the village? What about this? It's like eight twists. And then you go, okay, okay. About, you know, like, like well, there's no twist. Like, and then you see him doing like, with the happening, they literally say on the news, it's the trees in the first five minutes of that movie. He says it. And I was like, hmm. but it's not that, right? It's something else. And like no, it's no. Gotta be something. And they're like no. What if I told him in the first five minutes what the twist was? Then it'd be great. And they're like, uh. yeah, that'll make them like. And then it. we just go to an extended forty-minute sequence of a house with an old crazy lady. Like that's the whole movie is that one sequence. And you're like, but I love a redemption story because like he did Avatar and he did Shyamalan. After Earth. After Earth is just like a weird action movie. After Earth was I okay. Was I saw it. Bad. It was not a bad movie. I went to the theater and watched that movie, but I I didn't expect anything. I was like, oh, that's pretty good. But then he made that visit, the visit. Yeah. And like, well, he well, he, he down, actually like, into the point where he just goes, budget "I'm possible. going to self finance." That's the first one he did. He self financed the visit, and it was yeah. great. So he spent a million bucks and he made that movie. And it made when you're spending your own money, you're like, and well, it made let's, let's it made it like right. ninety million dollars. So now he's super rich just from that movie. He, he teamed up with Blumhouse. Yeah. He paid for it already. He made he made the visit he, first and then sold it to them. And then he did. And he split. paid for that one as well. I was like, "What is Blumhouse paying for?" It's like he paid for that one as well. <laughs> I guess they did do. Pro- and he paid like movie. five million for that movie. I just because I heard this in a podcast. And split, split made the genius of split was that it suggested a, an unbreakable. And it also made three hundred million dollars. So he's got even more rich from that. Yeah, or two hundred million dollars. So, so yeah. So now. Here we are, and people are like, "Oh my God!" And Split was a unbreakable sequel, and they're gonna do an unbreakable sequel. Oh my God! And here, and now we come into Glass. So, what do you think about Glass? Show? What a twist! Be sure to tune in next time to hear Sean and Andrew actually talk about Glass, or maybe it won't be Sean and Andrew at all. Maybe it will be a caveman and the ghost of a robot, or maybe it will be Abraham Lincoln in a rocking chair, or maybe it will be a time-traveling squirrel in a hologram, or maybe this whole damn thing has just been a dream. Will the show return next week so you can find out? Or will it be another month? Or maybe we're already on hiatus again? Who the hell knows? Check us out on TV8MyDinner.com to find out. Catch up on our 300 other episodes while you wait. You'll probably also have time to buy Sean's book, The Myth Awakens, on Amazon, and read it too. That's The Myth Awakens, by Sean Gilbert. Accept no substitutes. And check out A Kindness of Strangers, and Night People. Duh.